Welcome to Word Encounter with Dr. Abiodun Podcast. Thank you for joining us for today's episode. It's my prayer that as you listen to this week's message, the Lord will bless you abundantly. Let's join Dr. Charles Abiodun for today's message. Father, we thank you and bless your name for this beautiful week to come into your presence once again to receive your word. Thank you, Father, because as usual, as we come into your presence, Lord, you will bless us, you will heal us, you will deliver us, you will restore us, O Lord God. And Lord, you will fulfill every of your good counsel concerning our lives, always encouraging us to keep walking with you, Lord, diligently. Thank you, Father, because as you speak to us this week, the word will go with us into the week and will make us to keep living victoriously, living, prevailing against every power of the enemy, living in dominion and bringing your light into every place that our steps are directed. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Father. We bless and we honor your name. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Good day, everybody. I'm Dr. Abiodun. Welcoming everyone to this week's podcast. The Lord bless you for taking our time to be part of this week's edition. Our topic this week is signs of Christ coming. Signs of Christ coming. And our text is from Matthew chapter 24. Start our reading from verse 3 through verse 14. Matthew chapter 24 verse 3 through verse 14. I'm reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. Hallelujah. The signs of Christ's coming. The coming of the return of Jesus Christ is a reality that runs through the entirety of the Bible. When we talk about the coming of Christ, we're talking about his second coming. Since he had come once, which evidence we have in our being believers today. Our hope is built on nothing in this world, but on the assurance that very soon Jesus will return to take us home as he has promised. Yes, he has promised it. We have a promise in John chapter 14, verses 1 to 3. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I who have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. That's a promise from Christ. 
The angels also confirmed this promise of his second coming. Acts chapter 1, verse 9 to verse 11. Say, now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up. And a cloud received him out of their sight. That's Jesus being taken out of the sight of the disciples. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. And who said, who also said, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Hallelujah. We don't know the time, but we know he's coming back. We definitely know that the Lord will be returning soon, but when? We do not know. This is a more reason we need to be ready at all times. The disciples asked Jesus when and what. They asked him when he will be coming back and what will be the signs of his coming back. But Jesus chose to answer the how and not the when. For obvious reason, because no one knows when he will be coming back. But he told them how, you know, the signs to expect. That's in Matthew chapter 24. In Matthew 24 verse 36, Jesus said there, But of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. In Mark 13 verse 32, he said, But of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. But then we need to have an understanding of the times so that we're not caught napping, so that we're not caught unprepared at his coming. We must be like the children of Isaac. In 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32, the Bible talks of the children of Isaac, they say of the sons of Isaac, who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. Their chiefs were 200 and all their brethren were at their command. What we're saying, we need to be like these children of Isaac who knew the signs of the times, who knew what they ought to do. So we must know the signs of the times as we read them in the Bible and we see them coming to fulfillment so that we know what we ought to do. And what we ought to do, we need to be prepared for the coming of the Lord. Hallelujah. There were three questions that the apostles asked Jesus in that Matthew chapter 24, so-called the Olivet Discourse. They asked him, one, when shall these things be? That is the destruction of the temple that Jesus talked about. Number two, what shall be the signs of your coming? That was the question they put to him. Number three, what shall be the signs of the end of the world? And we know that the first question has already been answered as when shall these things be? When shall the temple be pulled down? The destruction of the temple that has been answered with the destruction of the temple in 70 AD by Titus, the Roman general. We learned that they built large wooden scaffolds around the walls of the temple buildings, piled them high with wood and other flammable items, and set them ablaze. So the heat from the fires was so intense that the stones crumbled. The rubble was then sifted to retrieve the melted gold, and the remaining uh, ruins were, you know, thrown down into the Kedron Valley. So what we're saying is that that has been fulfilled. The temple was destroyed in AD 70 by the Roman general Titus, and everything was pulled down as predicted by Jesus. But the answer to the second and the third questions are interwoven. That is, you remember the second question say, What shall be the signs of your coming? And then the third question, What shall be the signs of the end of the world? They are interwoven. 
and they're interwoven in the sense that they describe two faces of an event, the second coming of Jesus. And the two faces are one, the rapture, then the second you know, face is the physical appearance of Jesus on Mount Olives, hallelujah, to establish the millennial reign, hallelujah. The rapture is event when Jesus returns and gathers the believers who are alive at his coming. From the present unfolding of events, this event is imminent. If you read First Thessalonians chapter 4, beginning from verse 13 to verse 18, you see the Bible talking about the rapture there. It says, But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord, we by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words. That's talking about the rapture, the cap, the sudden catching up of the saints with the Lord in the clouds. Hallelujah. It's going to be sudden. There will be sudden disappearance of the saints of God from the earth. Hallelujah. Then the second advent, that's also imminent. And that's the one that is going to take place after the rapture and after the tribulation. After the rapture, that will follow a seven-year period of tribulation, terrible tribulation. I don't pray any one of us will be part of it. Beloved, you will not be part of it. I will not be part of it. The Lord will have caught us up with the rapture. We have gone with the rapture and will not be part of that tribulation because it's going to be terrible. If you read from Revelation, it's going to be terrible. We must not be part of it. I will not be part of it. You will not be part of it in the name of Jesus. If you read Matthew chapter 24, 29 to 33, say immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. Now learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and pulls forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So you also, when you see all these signs, know that it is near at the doors. Hallelujah. Beloved, we need to realize that Jesus is coming back. It's real. It is real. It is real. It is real. Oh, and it's coming, not like he came the first time. Let's compare the first coming with the second coming. He came as the savior of the world. Is returning as a judge of the world. That's number one. Number two, he came as a lamb, is returning as a lion. Hallelujah. Lion of the tribe of Judah. Number three, he came as a baby, vulnerable and dependent. He is returning as a king full of might and power. Number four, he came in humility, he is returning in glory. Number five, he came supposedly susceptible to death. He is returning as one who has swallowed up death in victory. Hallelujah. And number six, he came in demonstration of God's love the first time. But he is returning in demonstration of God's justice the second time. Hallelujah. And that's why we need to be prepared. Because this is coming had been foretold numerously in the Bible. It was foretold by the prophets. If you read Daniel chapter 7 verse 13, 
says there, I was watching in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the ancient of these, and they brought him near before him. Hallelujah. And if you read Jude, verse 14, that's Jude chapter 1. There's only one chapter there. Verse 14, so now Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about this man also, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints. It's coming, and Jesus himself predicted it in Matthew 25, verse 31. He said, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. That's the second coming. And in John chapter 14, verse 3, we, we read earlier on, he said, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. That's a promise. So he's coming back. The apostles also Talked about his second coming in Acts chapter 3, verse 20, saying that he may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before. And if you read 1 Timothy also, chapter 6, verse 14, so that you keep this commandment without spot, blameless, until our Lord Jesus Christ appearing. That's telling us he's coming back. The angels also foretold this in Acts chapter 1, verses 10 and 11. Say, and why they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. Who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Hallelujah. 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 Beloved, Jesus is coming. He's been foretold that he's coming back. Just as his first coming was foretold in the Bible. You remember, there's so many scriptures that told us that Jesus will come the first time and he came at the appointed time. If you look at, let's look at them, some of the prophecies concerning his first coming. In Genesis chapter 3, if you read verses 14 and 15, it was said there that the seed of the woman should bruise the serpent's head. I was talking about Jesus. The promise to Abraham, to Isaac and Jacob. It's another promise in Genesis chapter 12. If you read verses 1 to 3, chapter 26, 1 to 5, chapter 28, 10 to 15. These were promises made to the patriarchs that Jesus, I mean, will come. Then the prediction of Jacob in Genesis chapter 49, verse 1, and verses 8 to 10 also tells us about coming Messiah. The prophecy of Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 15 and 18 also were pointers to Christ's coming. David's prediction of his resurrection in Psalm 16, verse 10, and of his triumph in Psalm 110, verses 1 to 4, so another pointer that Jesus will come. In Isaiah also, we see the prediction that Jesus will be born of, I mean, of a virgin. That's in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. And we also saw the greatness of his kingdom, Isaiah 9, verses 6 and 7. And that he will be humiliated and he will suffer. That's in Isaiah chapter 53, verses 1 to 10. And also, we read there of his proclamation of the acceptable year of the Lord. That's in Isaiah chapter 61, verse 2. We also See a pointer to Jesus' first coming in Micah chapter 5, verse 2, where the prediction of his birthplace was made. Hallelujah. And finally, we see the prediction of his betrayer also in Zechariah chapter 11, verses 10 to 14. Beloved, all these were predictions made in the Bible years, years, centuries before Jesus finally came. And this same Bible has been talking for telling, predicting about the second coming. And let me tell you, in due season, in due time, and very soon, it will happen. Hallelujah. Whether the world believes it or not. All the signs as enumerated in our text, as in Matthew chapter 24, 
are there for us to see and realize that the second coming of Jesus is imminent. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What are the signs? We see them in that Matthew chapter 24 that we read from verse 3 to verse 14. Let's yes, look at a few of them. So there will be deceptions that's already in place. Antichrist, false prophets, etc. They're already in place. Though the real Antichrist, your the real one, <laughs> I call him the original Antichrist, is still coming. In Revelation, we're told about the Antichrist that will come and will rule the world. And he will be established during the tribulation period and it will be terrible what he's going to do. Hallelujah. We will not be part of it in the name of Jesus. We have been caught up in the rapture before the tribulation. Then there will be wars, rumors of war, uprising, rebellions. They are all in place presently and they are increasing day by day. Wars everywhere and the level of, I mean, the, the kind of weapons that mankind has presently. In fact, it, it, it is overwhelming. It is it's, 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 it's horrifying. And that's what has happened. Wars, rumors of war, uprising, rebellions. Then there are famines, pestilences, earthquakes all over. And it's increasing day by day. Persecutions and trials. They're all over the place. Betrayers, hatred, etc. Lawlessness. Winning love is all over the place. And then it says in verse 14 of that script, I mean verse 14 of that scripture, you see, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. Yes, the gospel is being preached all over. But I want to tell you that the intensity of the preaching of the gospel is even going to be more during the tribulation period before Jesus finally arrives to set up the millennium reign. If you read Revelation chapter 7, you see the 144,000 Jews that were sealed by God. And they're going to be his evangelists and they're going to preach the gospel, declare the gospel to the world. Angel is going to declare the gospel, declare to the people that, look, you need Jesus to evade this tribulation and to evade eternal damnation. So they're going to be preaching of the gospel. It's on and we continue to preach it. But what I'm saying is the real one, the intensified one is going to be during that tribulation period. Beloved Jesus is coming back. It's coming back. There is need for us to cast off all the works of darkness so that we'll be prepared. That's what Romans chapter 13 tells us. Romans 13, 11 to 14. He say, and do this, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is fast spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness, let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its Lost because Jesus is coming. We need to be prepared, beloved. We need to be prepared. We need to be prepared. We need to learn from the parable that Jesus gave of the ten virgins in Matthew chapter twenty-five. We all know. I'm quite sure we are familiar with that with that parable. So I don't need to read it. But let me just give you, give us a brief of it. In that parable, Jesus made us to understand there were ten virgins. Five were foolish. Five were wise. The wise ones make their, I mean, they had extra oil for their lambs as they, are, as they were waiting for the bridegroom. They were, I mean, and the foolish ones, the five of them, they had no extra lamb. So by the time the bridegroom arrived, hallelujah, the ones who were ready, the wise ones who had lambs, their lambs was, when they were on and the, there was adequate oil, they went in to see the bridegroom. Whereas the foolish ones who had no reserve for the oil had to go in search of oil. And while they were in search of oil before they returned, 
the door had been shut against them and they could not partake in the wedding ceremony. That won't be our portion in the name of Jesus because Jesus is coming back as a bridegroom and we are his bride and we must be prepared. We must keep our lamp, I mean, shining bright in the name of Jesus. Oil will not run out of them because we, we have adequate oil in the name of Jesus. And the conclusion of that parable, Jesus said in verse 13 of the parable, uh, Matthew 25, verse 13, he said, Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. We need to be watchful. We need to be vigilant. We need to be on the alert. We need to keep our oil fresh. That's what Ecclesiastes 9, verse 8 says. It says, Let our garment always be white and let our heads lack no oil. The oil must not run dry. must keep being refreshed, hallelujah, so that we do not miss the coming of the Lord. Right now, I want to give you an invitation to come to the knowledge of Jesus. Perhaps you don't know him as your personal Lord and Savior. You need him as your personal Lord and Savior for you to be prepared for his coming and for you to partake in the beautiful things that he has for them that are eagerly waiting for his coming. And what do you need to do? Just repent of your sins. Turn unto the Lord today wholeheartedly and say these words after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today to confess and repent of my sin. Forgive me. Cleanse me and make me your own. Fill me with your spirit and help me to live for you. I severe my allegiance to the devil and I choose to live for you from today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, O Lord, for your children who have taken this bold decision to come to Jesus. I ask, O Lord, that as Jesus has promised, I will not cast off, you will not reject anyone who comes to him. Lord, you will not reject these ones. You will accept them, your beloved. You will walk with them. Your spirit will walk in them and it shall be well with them in the name of Jesus. They have severed all their allegiance to the devil. The devil will have no power over them anymore. But they will begin to trample upon serpents, upon scorpions, and upon all the powers of the enemy, living in dominion over the power powers of evil in the name of Jesus. The grace of oh Lord to walk with you to the end that they will not look back I receive for everyone. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Beloved, I want to congratulate you and appreciate God on your behalf for your decision to know Jesus today. I want you to know the Bible says that all things have passed away and everything has become new for you. I want you to begin to walk steadfastly with the Lord. Join a Bible-believing church around you. Begin to fellowship with them, worship with them. Begin to learn the nitty-gritty of the things of God, studying the word of God with them, witnessing with them, and the Lord will build you in the things that pertain unto his spirit in the name of Jesus, and you will be prepared for the coming of the Lord. You will not be ashamed at the coming of the Lord, and you will reign with Jesus at the end of the age in the name of Jesus. Uh, before we bring this week's podcast to a close, let's quickly say some few words of prayer. And our first prayer says, My Father and my God, Grant me the grace to remain faithful and steadfast in my work with you. Help me to keep overcoming the strategies of the devil to derail my faithful work with you. My Father and my God, grant me the grace to remain faithful and steadfast in my work with you. Help me to keep overcoming the strategies of the devil to derail my faithful work with you. Prayer, my Father and my God, grant me the grace to remain faithful and steadfast in my work with you. Help me, O Lord, to keep walking, overcoming the strategies of the devil to derail my faithful work with you. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Our second prayer point says, My Father and my God, 
Help me that I will keep casting off the works of darkness. Let there be nothing of the devil in me. And let me not be caught unprepared at the coming of the Lord Jesus. My Father and my God, help me that I will keep casting off the works of darkness. Let there be nothing of the devil in me. And let me not be caught unprepared at the coming of the Lord Jesus. Prayer. My Father and my God, help me that I will keep casting off the works of darkness in the name of Jesus. Let there be nothing of the devil in me. And let me not be caught unprepared at the coming of the Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. And finally, we're going to pray to my Father and my God. Keep my light shining and my oil refreshed and adequate at all times. Let me not slumber or go to sleep while awaiting Jesus' return. My Father and my God, keep my light shining and my oil refreshed and adequate at all times. Let me not slumber or go to sleep while awaiting Jesus' return. Prayer. My Father and my God, keep my light shining and my oil refreshed day by day and adequate at all times, O Lord God. Let me not slumber, let me not go to sleep while awaiting my Lord Jesus' return. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Father, we thank you. Bless your name for this week's podcast. We appreciate you, Lord God, for bringing it to us once again that the Lord Jesus is coming very soon and we should be prepared. Lord, the Spirit, Lord, to keep us walking right with you that we'll be prepared for the coming of the Lord we receive right now in the name of Jesus. I pray for every one of my listeners, O Lord God, that Father, when the trumpet sound shall come, O Lord, they will not be left behind. They will be caught up in the sky, O Lord God. Every one of us, Lord, will be caught up in the clouds with the Lord Jesus, and so we shall ever be with him in the name of Jesus. None of us will partake in the tribulation that will follow the rapture. And at the millennium kingdom, we shall be part of it in the name of Jesus. Pray for every one of my listeners. This week it shall be well with you. The Lord will keep you. The Lord will uphold you. No evil will befall you. No plague will come near your dwelling. You shall be far from terror, far from fear, far from oppression. In the name of Jesus, the eyes of the Lord will be upon you for good. His countenance will always shine upon you for good. And his favor will always locate you and your family wherever you are. In the name of Jesus. He shall be well with you, that when we meet next week, it shall be for joy, for celebration, for testimonies of the Lord's goodness, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We bless and we honor your name. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Thank you, beloved ones, for being part of this week's podcast. The Lord bless you. Read good. Please remain blessed and keep loving Jesus believe you've been blessed by today's message. For inquiries and further spiritual help, you can reach Dr. Charles Abiodu on plus 234-809-623-7300 plus 234-809-623-7300 or you can send an email to wordexplorersministry at gmail.com Till we come your way again next week, remain blessed and rapturable.